0: Welcome to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the getimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit getimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockdown Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail and Doug on Twitter, at Doug Branson NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, and fantasy sports. It's NBA Draft Lottery Night. Yes, the Draft Lottery will take place at 7.30 tonight on ESPN, where the ping-pong balls will flail about, with each team hoping their logo will show up, good old NBA Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum. He'll show us the oversized squares and hopefully he shows us the Charlotte Hornets last. As you know from our odds game that we've been playing, the Hornets have the 11th best odds to get the number one overall pick and about a 2% chance to get a top three pick. And before I go on any anymore in the draft lottery show today, a little surprising I'm sure for a lot of you, but no Doug today. Doug is busy with life. He's got a bunch of stuff going on. He's got a fun trip to Des Moines, Iowa, of all places. Des Moines, Iowa for business is where he's going to be heading the next couple of days or so. So we're not having Doug here. I'm not going to lie. When he first came to me about doing the show, I thought it might eventually be a solo act. And that he would just kind of help out to start off at the beginning of it and just help start it out at first. But I think the more we talked, the idea of him sticking around for good... With just a different role was the way to go. And that's how we eventually swung. And I would just fill in solo as need be. So here I am. I am without any help today. I will be without the drops. I'll be out without the funny sound bites, all alone in this podcast world. While well, I spread my wings, hopefully I don't crash and burn. It does feel weird not being here with Doug, but Doug should be returning next week on Monday. So probably two more shows without him this week. Then we'll probably just skip Friday. Come back Monday with the full team assembled. So we've pretty much gone through all the players on this roster. Still need to get to Billy Hernan Gomez, though. I think we need to get him right. Yeah, I think we need to hit Hernan Gomez. We'll probably get to him next week. Yeah, probably next week sometime. But today we'll hit Charlotte's NBA Draft Lottery history. The misfortunes as soon as the Millennium hit. And some and some fair times, I promise. The Pre-Millennium, believe it or not, the Hornets actually did... Well, pre 2000 with some good fortune, so we'll get into that as well, but it was not pretty for the Charlotte Bobcats slash Charlotte Hornets from 2004, basically the inception of the Bobcats until now. It has not been very pretty for them. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash L O H. There's a link in the description of this episode and you can get double entries into our contest and access to content before anybody else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in Charlotte, and we mean that. Go support Patreon. Go support Locked on Hornets. We greatly appreciate you guys listening. So we'll take a first break real quick. We'll be back in just a moment with the Hornets lottery history. I promise I'll remind you of some better times. You can stick around. I promise I'll try to get you to nostalgia as soon as we can. I'm Walker Mail, and you're listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast. Are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast? Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three point line? Oh, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay, (laughs) you did. I think you said Miles Turner. I was on me. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be the same wavelength. Hot shot, Myers Leonard. (laughs) That's that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail. No Doug Branson today as he gets ready for a business trip. So again, I'm riding solo today. I mentioned getting in the Hornets lottery history. And man, for a franchise that's not as old as a lot of teams in the NBA, the history has been quite interesting here in Charlotte. I thought the best way to do this would be to go in reverse chronological order So basically, we start off on a bad note, but then we get to reminisce in some decent nostalgia by the end of the history look back on what happened on lottery night for the Charlotte Hornets and how that would affect their draft. In recent years, the Hornets have not caught any breaks whatsoever in the lottery. You can even go back the last 14 years. And since the inception of the Charlotte Bobcats, Charlotte has never selected higher than than where the odds put them in the first place. So if they selected 11, and that's where the odds had them, they were going to draft right in that spot. At 9, if that's where the odds had them, that's exactly where they were going to draft. And I mentioned those two placements because they were selected to draft 11th last season, and that was where their odds had them pre-draft. Same thing in 2015. Remember, they did not have a 2016 NBA draft pick. Because of the Marco Bellinelli experiment, Malachi Richardson would be the player that went on to the King. So in 2015, that's the last time the Hornets would really be in the lottery again. Because again, they made the playoffs in 2016 as well. And when they drafted Frank Kaminsky at ninth overall, please don't exit the podcast after I said Frank Kaminsky's name. They drafted him ninth overall. And of course, those odds were placing them at ninth overall in the first place. So they had not gotten any better since those two and they weren't better any before again ever since charlotte bobcats inception in 2004 the hornets the bobcats they had never had any selection better than where the odds previously put them they selected a couple of spots below meaning later in this instance than they were they than they were selected a couple of times but never in the new franchise history have they ever selected higher than slotted with plenty of opportunities by the way Plenty of opportunities where they had not made the playoffs and they have had plenty of opportunities to select higher than where they were slotted. But that just hasn't happened with this franchise. So it hasn't been all that great for them. Um, If you're a fan of NBA conspiracy theories, You may have some foul play here with the Bobcats when you look at their history since 2004. But again, I mentioned Malik Monk and Frank Kaminsky's draft in 2017 and 2015. They made the playoffs in 2014, if you can remember, with the Al Jefferson-led team. And then in 2013, they have quite a few consecutive years where they would go on to be in the lottery. In 2013, they actually finished a couple of spots down from where their odds had previously placed them. That was the Cody Zeller draft, and Cody Zeller was selected fourth overall They were actually selected to pick second overall that season. The odds had them picking second, but the karma gods were not good to them. So they're actually picking fourth overall in 2013. Now, if you look at that draft, Cody Zeller actually not as bad. When you look at that draft as a whole, you can go back down to 10. That's where McCollum was drafted. 15 was Giannis Attenokounmpo. But Cody Zeller, from where they drafted and the other guys that were around him, doesn't look as bad now if you would have gotten that spot where they were supposed to get it in the first place at number two overall they would have had victor oladipo so perhaps you didn't know how much that stung even last season but this year we realize that victor oladipo just would have developed like he had in a couple of spots that he's made already a couple of stops i should say with the magic with the thunder and the indiana pacers you would certainly hope that victor oladipo would be doing the stuff he's doing now for the charlotte hornets Then you go back to the year previous from that, and that's probably the most significant hurt, the loss, that the Charlotte Hornets have ever experienced. 2012 was a bad one. 2012, the Charlotte Bobcats were coming off of the worst season in NBA history. When you look at it from winning percentage-wise, it was the worst season of all time. And the Bobcats still were unable to get the number one overall pick. They actually finished second that year, and we all know this. I don't have to beat you over the head with the story, but I'll tell you anyway. MKG actually is selected second overall, so instead of getting Anthony Davis, who was selected first overall, with a kick to the gut, by the way, because it was New Orleans, the team that had left Charlotte previously, they're the team that gets Anthony Davis, and the new Charlotte team, they're left with MKG. We can get on Rich Cho and company later for not selecting Bradley Beale or anybody like that, but they would have drafted Anthony Davis had they had the option, but the odds just didn't fall in their favor. So Anthony Davis does go to the New Orleans Hornets as it was named at the time, and now eventually would be become the New Orleans Pelicans. So Anthony Davis, that's got to be the one that stings the most because you're coming off again, the worst season of all time. You're expecting... By far and away, the best prospect in that draft. And it's actually came to fruition. He should be a Charlotte Bobcat. And he's not. They miss out on him. So there's your depressing. There's probably the most depressing moment again. Should have gotten first, but they ended up getting second. Drafting second that round. 2011-2009, they were selected to pick ninth and 12th. And that's exactly what happened. Kimba Walker, Gerald Henderson came with those. 2008, they got DJ Augustine just finishing a pick below where they were supposed to pick. Brandon Wright, Adam Morrison, we don't have to get into their careers, but they were selected exactly where they should have been, of course, with the Charlotte Bobcats, picking 8th overall. That's where they were slotted. Same thing in 2006. They picked 3rd overall. That's where they were slotted. Then you can go to 2005, where a lot of people don't discuss a miss that the Hornets had. And not because the GM had an opportunity to draft anybody, but again, we're focusing on the opportunity taking, taken away from the Hornets because the lottery just didn't fall in their favor. And you can go back to 05 where Raymond Felton was drafted. And I remember being very happy. I was actually pretty young at that time. And I remember being very happy that Raymond Felton was the point guard they selected. But in that draft, the two point guards that went before them were Chris Paul and Darren Williams. And Darren Williams would kind of flame out pretty quickly. But Chris Paul, an obvious Hall of Famer, one of the best point guards, a point god, one of the best point guards of all time, Those were the two guys that were selected ahead of them. And if the Bobcats would have selected where they were previously slotted, where the odds had them selecting, they would have been selecting third overall. But instead, they selected fifth. Instead of getting a shot at Chris Paul or Darren Williams, they actually were left with Raymond Felton, who had a decent career with the Bobcats, but certainly not an all-star appearance to his name within that regard. You go one year earlier... Then that was the trade with Emeka Okafor, so there wasn't any odds for them. They actually finished fourth, and they got it, and that fourth pick was used on Sean Livingston, but the Bobcats actually traded to get second overall, and they got Emeka Okafor, and of course, that was the draft, where Dwight Howard was selected number one overall. So that's the bad part. We got through the bad part. So guys that you missed out on if you're a Hornets fan... You missed out on Chris Paul. You missed out on Darren Williams, at least for a brief moment, because of that 2005 draft class that did not allow you to pick where you were supposed to pick based on the odds. 2012, that's probably the worst one in franchise history. Anthony Davis going to the New Orleans Hornets at the time, MKG falling to the Charlotte Bobcats. That was a bad one. And then Cody Zeller, you draft him instead of Victor Oladipo, where the odds had you selecting second. Instead, you select fourth. Victor Oladipo, that, that's a new one. That, that one doesn't hurt as much, but still, it's a bad feeling when you look at the kind of players that you could have had that the odds just did not fall in your favor. We can get into the Rich Cho misses all you want. That's, that's a well-documented, that is a well-discussed plan. That's a well-discussed conversation for the Charlotte Hornets team that we've had plenty of times. But if you just want to look at the guys that... The Hornets had not had that opportunity for quite a few from 2004 on and certainly just named a few there that have happened since 2005, 2012, and even in 2013. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back one more time. We'll discuss what we can expect tonight and some of the brighter things that have happened pre-millennium, pre-2000 in the Charlotte Hornets draft lottery history. Again, we'll check on that tonight and some of the history that has been in good fortune for the Charlotte Hornets. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Walker Mayo. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. <sighs> <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep <laughs> it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what are you yeah, listening right to? That's a little scary oh. if, if you don't have the context. If you uh, walk in uh, yeah. and you start hearing that, yeah. that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Walker Mail. No Doug Branson. Hopefully he'll be back with us on Monday of next week. Again, we won't have a show on Friday, but we will have another show tomorrow and we'll have one on Thursday before finishing up and then reconvening with the band assembled back together on Monday of the previous week, we've been going through the draft lottery history for the Charlotte Hornets, and it hasn't been good ever since basically 2000 and basically 2004 when the Charlotte Bobcats were brought back when they were born as a new franchise in Charlotte It has not been good to them. They have never selected better than where the odds had put them in the first place, but that's not true Pre. Bobcats. It's not true pre the Hornets leaving for New Orleans when they were in the lottery and we can go back to 1999 where that was the most recent example of the Hornets picking better than they were originally slotted in 1999 the Hornets actually selected Baron Davis B. Diddy coming to town out of UCLA one of the best UCLA point guards in a very storied history of what the UCLA Bruins basketball program is. And Barron comes to Charlotte and maybe starts off a little slow, but eventually gets a couple of all-star appearances and has a third all-NBA team selection with Barron Davis. So they got lucky. They were supposed to pick 13th that season, barely sticking in the lottery, barely getting in there. And they ended up picking third in 1999. So that was a fantastic move or fantastic get for the Charlotte Hornets. And Barron Davis, I was looking at the draft draft, and the guys they could have selected, that was about right for Baron Davis. He probably was one of the best prospects within that draft, and they were able to get him there, so that was good for them. Then you can go back to 1992, and the Charlotte Hornets weren't supposed to select number two overall, and that's Shaquille O'Neal draft. They got Alonzo Mourning at number two overall, but they were not supposed to select there. They were supposed to select eighth overall, and instead they got lucky, and they were able to get Zoe at the number two overall pick in 1992. And then you can go back the previous year, where they got the number one overall pick. It's the only time in franchise history they actually got the number one overall pick. And Larry Johnson was selected at at number one, I should say, in 1991. And they were supposed to pick fifth that year. So you can go back in 91, 92, and 99, where the Charlotte Hornets at least jumped up four spots or more from where they were previously slotted to get a player and it looked like they did a good job drafting if they got that opportunity when they did get that opportunity to go get a good player it looks like they hit on those guys I know Christian Leitner went after Alonzo morning I would still say Zo, of course the guy that would have made the most sense there Larry Johnson at number one kind of a weaker draft class in 1991 LJ was the right guy And in 1999, B. Diddy, Baron Davis was the right guy. I just like saying B. Diddy, to be honest with you. So Baron Davis was the right guy in 1999. So you got at least some good fortune for them pre-2000. Hopefully you can get some of that luck to come back in 2018. So now we'll shift gears to tonight where the draft lottery is going to be held. Charlotte Hornets, again, they are slotted to pick 11th. That's where the odds have them. There are some fun storylines to watch with this lottery night, but not really with the Charlotte Hornets. Again, they're supposed to pick 11. It doesn't look like they'll get all that much higher, but you never know. We can hold out hope. But there are some fun storylines, like pick swapping with other teams if these certain scenarios happen. So the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers, that's probably the biggest storyline heading into this. One of those teams is going to get the L.A. Lakers pick. So reading this article from James Herbert, again, just kind of reporting on what that pick actually is, One of those teams will get the Lakers pick. And it has a minuscule chance of being the number one overall pick at 2.9, excuse me, at 1.1% chance. It has a 2.9% chance of rising to the top three. So again, that Lakers pick, 1.1% chance of being number one, 2.9% chance of being in the top three. If it's not number one or it doesn't rise, then the Philadelphia 76ers will get that Lakers pick. The only way the Celtics get it is if it lands at two or three if it lands at two or three then the boston celtics will get that pick herbert goes on to say what will most likely happen what the odds probably say will happen is that the that the sixers will get that pick at probably 10 overall but even then the rich get richer in the eastern conference the boston celtics have a fantastic young team that is very talented and they have a possibility of adding either the second or the third best prospect in their eyes within this draft. And the Philadelphia 76ers have a very good chance of getting this as a top 10 pick and possibly the number one overall pick and possibly four through 10 if it does not land on two or three. So the Philadelphia 76ers, that's probably the number one storyline that you can see. The Sacramento Kings, they don't have a pick. They had the Nick Stauskis trade when they were trying to go after Monte Ellis. So they were able to get rid of Nick Stauskas. They traded him to Philadelphia and basically what was a salary dump so they could try to get some free agents and, of course, still not do a good job in the postseason, still not make the postseason, but they wanted to get some free agents. So so what the hell, Philadelphia, you can have our 2019 draft pick. And what makes that interesting for tonight is that Sacramento, if they get a high draft pick, then they can possibly salvage a pickless draft next season. But if they don't, then they have to nail this miss out on 2019, and then hopefully regain back some kind of karma in 2020. The Kings are just a joke, and it's unbelievable the job they've done, and it's not in a good way. Hopefully De'Aaron Fox works out for them as well, because if he doesn't, then that's just another missed opportunity for Sacramento. So uh, there's a bunch of different storylines to go on tonight. Maybe a Phoenix, they have the highest shot of getting the number one overall pick at 25%. Maybe they stay in state to get De'Andre Ayton, The guy out of Arizona who looks like a beast in the making who has the NBA body at seven feet looks like he can defend. He can shoot from the outside. He looks like the number one overall pick in this draft. Luka Doncic is a guy that possibly could go maybe number one overall. That's certainly a possibility, but DeAndre Ayton looks like he would be the guy if Phoenix does get that number one overall pick. Memphis also has a high shot of getting that number one overall pick, but none more so than the Phoenix Suns real quickly. We'll look at what the Hornets might get to do at number 11. Let's say everything just kind of comes to fruition with the odds that have them selecting where they're supposed to. And the Hornets, they have their team. They draw They draw the logo out. Mark Tatum draws the Hornets logo out with the 11th pick overall. Some guys that I think that would still be there, and you can go to Rick Bunnell's column on the Charlotte Observer with this, just a handful of guys that would be available. Colin Sexton, the point guard out of Alabama. Shay Gilgis Alexander, the point guard that came on strong at the end of the season for Kentucky, Kevin Knox, the Kentucky guy that everybody already knew coming into the season anyway, and Mikael Bridges my, and Miles Bridges, a couple of the M Bridges guys. Those are some. Those are five guys I think would be have, have a decent chance of maybe lasting up until the Charlotte Hornets pick. And my dream scenario, at least for me, I'm a fan of Mikael Bridges. I think Mikhail Bridges. Would be amazing in a Charlotte Hornet uniform. He's got size. He's about 6'6", 6'7". He's long. He's long as hell. I mean, his arms go all the way down to the to the floor, it seems like. And he can shoot very well. He's a guy that also did come on strong at the end of this season. Maybe this season he didn't expect him to be an NBA lottery draft pick. But now everyone understands him. And Doug and I talked about this off air. I just don't think Mikael Bridges lasts to 11. I think everyone is starting to get on that train just as I am right now. But I would hope he falls there. We've talked about Miles Bridges before. There is an alpha dog mentality that Tom Izzo has mentioned that he lacked. I don't know if that goes into this kind of evaluation where you kind of back off. And Kevin Knox has had that same exact allegation where he hasn't had that alpha dog mentality that you would expect him to be more aggressive as a top-notch basketball player in college. And they just didn't do it. So I don't know about Miles Bridges. I don't know about Kevin Knox. The guys I think I would like, I wouldn't mind Colin Sexton. I certainly wouldn't mind Shea Gilgis Alexander, but Mikhail Bridges, I think that's the guy that I want more so than any. He looks like an overall fantastic player. Three and D can come in right now and contribute. And I think there has, I think there is some upside for Mikhail Bridges. I think there would be some things to look beyond the horizon with Mikael. But those are a couple of... I mean, it's that, a good draft class. I think you have a pretty strong draft class once again, even lasting to number 11 overall. So we'll see what happens. But I think that the Charlotte Hornets will be picking from a slew of good players. Hopefully they can get up higher in the draft. Hopefully they can get that top three, maybe that top five pick. And, you know, hopefully, of course, you get number one overall and get a shot at whoever you want. But there are some good guys. There is some talent to be had at number 11 overall. I think they have the opportunity to hit on that with the new regime under Mitch Kupchak who left the Lakers at least with some young talent maybe not thriving as stars where they picked but there is some young talent there hopefully Mitch Kupchak and company can hit on a good player at number 11 overall or possibly even higher depending on how the karma goes for the Charlotte Hornets tonight well, that'll, that'll do it for today's pod. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. Doug should be back on Monday. I'll go solo again tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. Friday, we will not have a show, but again, we'll all reconvene on Monday and have Doug Branson back in that co-host chair. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Walker Mayo. I'll talk to you tomorrow.